0: Hello and welcome to the Visit Virginia's Blue Ridge podcast. I am your host, John Carlin. This is the podcast where I tell you all about the great things happening in Virginia's Blue Ridge. Virginia's Blue Ridge in the western part of the state of Virginia, Roanoke, Roanoke County, Salem, the city of Salem, Botetourt and Franklin counties, and we are known as America's east coast mountain biking capital. The mountain biking here as well as the gravel biking and the road biking is just amazing but there's so much more to do here in Virginia's Blue Ridge. We're nestled in the Blue Ridge Mountains. The Blue Ridge Parkway passes right through the region and if you want to come play in the mountains and enjoy a metro mountain adventure you will find it here in Virginia's Blue Ridge. What is a metro mountain adventure? Well think of uh, think of it as an opportunity to come do all the outdoor things that you love to do, whether it's hiking, biking, kayaking, uh, whatever it is outside. We've got it all here and you can play in the mountains. But then we have a wonderful little boutique city in Roanoke and in the surrounding region where there are restaurants and brew pubs and museums and, and nice museums, museums that are you know, regional and national attractions, uh, not just uh, museums for the local population, although we certainly enjoy them here and and look forward to it. But the bottom line is, is that's that the metro part of the Metro Mountain mix. Uh, And so that's that's what we offer here in Virginia's Blue Ridge. And today I want to talk about the sporting side of that with the Salem Red Sox. Salem is affiliated with the Boston Red Sox. So the players that play here often eventually wind up playing in the big leagues in a year or two. Uh, Does the name Mookie Betts mean anything to you? Yeah, well, Mookie, widely considered the best player in baseball, played in Salem. So, uh, and if you're not familiar with the Red Sox and the ballpark, you should be because it's all really first class. We have a just an amazing stadium in the city of Salem. And this is it's a great way to spend a summer evening and Salem pulls out all the stops with the amenities there. There's a craft beer bar, custom hot dogs and everything else you would expect, merchandise, that sort of thing. And last year of course, no season because of COVID. And this year it's been pushed back a bit, but I can tell you there will still be 60 home games. The team will play 120, but 60 of them will be at home. They'll travel a little bit less. They'll still have as many away games, but they won't be traveling as far. They won't be traveling to as many cities, and that is because they're trying to avoid issues with COVID. So they'll be playing more games with the teams based here in Virginia, uh, including Lynchburg, the Hillcats, which is another great organization, Delmarva, and Fredericksburg. I'm not as familiar with them, but the, so they will become sort of rivals because you'll get to see them over and over and over. And I'm looking forward to seeing how that all plays out. This year's season opens uh, on the road on May 4th, and the home opener is on May 11th. And again, there are special considerations for COVID at the ballpark this year. There's a system of pods, no more than 30% capacity, at least as of this date of this recording, April 7th, 2021. But I can tell you that as of this week, while I'm recording this, uh, the uh, the rollout of the COVID vaccines is going very well. And the local Department of Health just announced yesterday that the uh, amount of vaccine will begin to outpace the demand for the vaccine starting Literally next week, so people are getting vaccinated quickly, and hopefully the governor will change some of the um, some of the numbers, and it'll be easier to go to the ballpark and not have to be so socially distant. But as I record this, those are the rules, and we're going to be talking a little bit more about the rules and specifically how that'll play out. But the bottom line is, is that it's it's not going to have a huge impact or diminish the ballpark experience at all, in my mind. And so the general manager of the Red Sox, Alan Lawrence, will be joining me here next on the Visit VBR podcast. Welcome back to the Visit VBR podcast. And joining me now is Alan Lawrence, the general manager of the Salem Red Sox. Alan, thanks for joining us here today.
1: Thank you for having me, John. I look forward to it.
0: Yeah, so uh, the Red Sox uh, are coming off this awful pandemic year, just like everybody, but are you expecting to have a, a regular-ish season this year?
1: Uh, it's going to be a heck of a lot better than it was last year, that's for sure. We, uh, uh, we're expecting to have 60 home games. Uh, we're going to start the season a little late. Uh, we start uh, our first home game is May 11th, which is about a month later than, than when it typically is. Uh, but that's okay because we're, we're trading out what can be some cold weather games in April for uh some much warmer games in September because our season's extended by about three weeks at the end of the season. So, uh, so, so that's a, I think that's going to be a good trade off, and and we've still got 60 games, uh, so it's uh, it, it's a strong schedule, and uh, again, a heck of a lot better than what we had last year.
0: Yeah, no kidding. No kidding I tell you I think people are anxious to get back to the ballpark and, and just a normal way of life and and what better way to spend a summer evening than, than at a baseball game especially at our gorgeous facilities here in, in Salem so uh, what do you have planned do you have any any big plans for uh, opening night
1: we're, we're still working on the plans for opening night you know th- this whole year we we want to we want to find different ways to recognize the the frontline workers and 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 heroes in our community that really made it possible for us to return uh, to the ballpark this year. So, uh, I, I you know I think it's safe to say that there'll be something centered around that on opening night. But you'll kind of see that theme throughout the whole year. We've got a couple special nights planned throughout the year. We've even got a bobblehead uh, that's going to be dedicated to. Uh, To that theme Uh, later in the year, it's a uh, it's a Xander Bogarts bobblehead, uh, and uh, and our creative team here uh, in my office came up with a Xander Tizer, so like a sanitizer bobblehead, so Xander Tizer Bogarts bobblehead. So we're we're looking forward to that.
0: Oh, that is cool. I guess that's you know that's one of the keys in minor league baseball is uh, you know people. Uh, they learn the names of the players as the season goes on and they, you know, they, they, they follow the team and they follow direction of the team. They cheer for the team, but they're really there for the experience, aren't they?
1: Yeah, I think so. You know, we've got some diehards, uh, you know, but I, I tell the younger people uh, that, that come into our office and are working for the first time, I said, you know, don't be surprised when people leave in the eighth inning of a two to one game. Uh, people have to get up and go to school. They have to get up and go to work the next day. And they were just here for the experience and and uh, you know that's that's really what it's all about we you know we can't control what happens on the field um it, you know we, we what we can control is is the experience and that's really what we're selling is you know it, it's it's funny we have a lot of season ticket holders that are that that are out here just about every night um and we have some of them that don't like baseball uh, and, and I think a lot of people find that surprising, but they're coming out for the experience. They're coming out because it's a, it's a great place to be on a summer evening. Uh, you know, when it's 75 degrees and a slight breeze and you can sit here and just, uh, you know, enjoy the night and it's very affordable for people. So uh, that's really what we're selling is that experience.
0: Yeah. So for, for maybe somebody's thinking of coming into town, cause they're listening to this podcast and they're not familiar with our facilities or maybe somebody's lived here their whole life and they just don't know the quality of what we have here. And I, I would imagine that every community thinks their minor league baseball park is the best, but this one really is. You want to just kind of walk us through what makes it so exceptional here?
1: Yeah. You know, we're very lucky uh, being in Salem and, and, the and the, uh, uh, just the pride that Salem has with their sports. And that's certainly reflected with the stadium. It was built in 95, uh, it seats about 6,400 people, which, uh, for our level and our community, is a very big stadium. And I think one of the things that's very unique about our stadium is every seat is a seat. Uh, there's no bleacher seating like you can commonly see in a lot of other minor league ballparks. And I think that's a a testament to the to the people in Salem and the foresight many years ago to to say, hey, we want to make this stadium bigger and better than everybody else. And that, and that's truly what they did. And, and, you know, we, we say that we've got the best view in all of minor league sports and, you, you know, with the mountains behind us, I mean, it's, it's truly just it's special on a, uh, on a summer evening to look out at the mountains and, and just sit here in this ballpark.
0: Yeah. And then, you know, you guys have really nice uh, concessions uh, and so forth. so uh, can you uh, somebody walks in the front gate, they're walking toward that seat. what are they gonna see? what are they going to pass and and how uh, how how good is all of that?
1: yeah, you know so so as you know, we're blessed with a lot of uh, a lot of brewer, great uh, breweries uh, here in this market, and we we try to uh, to get a sample of those out here at the ballpark. so, so when you're walking into the ballpark, uh, you know, for for a game, the first thing you're going to pass is our what, what we call our Brew Ridge Crafts Bar. Uh, and, and that we try and we try and have a, you know, a pretty wide variety of a lot of local crafts that we have here in the market. Uh, so you can sample one of those. And then we've got. Uh, we've got four kind of main concession stands that, that, uh, that have your typical ballpark food. And then we've got some specialty stands too. We've got, uh, we've got a hot dog stand that's got, you can get, you can get it topped probably, you know, 10 or 15 different ways. And it's just kind of become a, a really unique feature here at our ballpark to, to, you can eat the same, you can go to the same stand and, and have a hot dog, uh, you know, really for, for, for an entire month worth of games, and never actually eat the same hot dog because we've got so many different toppings to. It. And that's kind of become a fun uh, a fun way to kind of enjoy a game here at the ballpark. But um, but but certainly the the sam- the sampling of of craft beers that we have is kind of one of the things that we're you know I think pretty well known for because in, in nowadays you know it's not uncommon to go into a ballpark and they only have two or three different types of beer because they're trying to, um, they're trying to sell that exclusivity to, uh, to, to some of the beer brands in their market. And our approach is to, to have much more of a, a wider sample size, uh, hopefully appealing to everybody's liking.
0: Right. Now back uh, a couple of years ago, pre-pandemic, um, Major League Baseball started reshuffling Minor League Baseball. And some teams didn't wind up making the cut, but Salem did. Uh, but Salem goes from high A ball to low A ball, which means you've got a little bit more of a junior player, right? Correct. And, but that is not really going to affect... Uh, the, the hot dogs are the same. The craft beer is the same. The, the beautiful scenery is the same. Um, we're just, we're just looking at to the, to the naked eye, you probably can't even tell the difference.
1: No, you can't. These are still professional baseball players. They, they still, they still play for the Boston Red Sox. Uh, they're just playing in Salem, but they're, they're Boston Red Sox players, they're just a year younger and uh you know before we made this transition the team that was low A prior to us the in, in Greenville South Carolina we we flip-flopped with them so they're now high A and we're low A as you said um all of the great players that have gone on to Boston and to into other teams in the big leagues they all played in in low A before they came to us in high A so now we're just we're just a year earlier. We're, we're just, uh, uh, you know, and in, in many cases, we're going to have those players for a longer period of time. So, you know, players like Mookie Betts, um, Anthony Rizzo, you know, back in the day, who's now made his uh, name with the Cubs. Uh, it, you know, Michael Kopech, who's a starting pitcher with the Chicago White Sox. Uh, you know, just to name a few, those guys actually spent considerably more time in low A than they did in high A. Once you get to high A, the progression to the big leagues can can somewhat be accelerated. So I'm actually looking forward. I think there's a lot more pros than cons. Uh, quite honestly, to being in low A, the the one thing is maybe as a fan, you don't you know you don't recognize who that talent is going to be if if you're not if you're not a real diehard, you might not know uh, who the prospects are, and so it might be harder for for the average fan to pick out that player. But you know, it's safe to say that three or four years uh, after they come through Salem, uh, many of these guys are going to be in big leagues.
0: Yeah, and that's fun to watch. You know, Mookie Betts, you know, you can say, oh, I saw him way back when.
1: Yeah, we, you know, I think if, if people live in this area and didn't get a chance to come out and see Mookie Betts, I, I think they really missed out. I mean, he, you know, Mookie, you know, other than Mike Trout, Mookie Betts is the best player in baseball, and he's probably going to be the best player in baseball for the next, you know, about 10 years. And um, how often can you say that the best player in any sport, you know, played right here in, in many of our backyards? And I, and you never know who that next player is going to be.
0: Yeah, that's that's really fun. Of course, you got to really be the baseball but you got to be there for more than the hot dog to figure that out. <laughs> that's right. Yeah that's cool so special events you guys are always cooking up you mentioned the bobblehead night what other things can people look forward to as the season unfolds this year
1: yeah you know so so we're, we're going to try and give away a lot of things this year t-shirts we've got firework nights uh you know a lot of a lot of things geared around the kids you know we've had a lot of success in the past with um something like a pirate and princess night for example where the kids can dress up and we can do a whole theme night based around that. So anything where the kids can dress up, uh, you, you know, where, where we can give something out at the gates. That's what we're trying to do. Again, it's, it's about that whole experience. Fireworks nights are are very popular. We, we're, we're doing those uh, uh, once a month on Friday nights this year. So, uh, it, you know, just just things like that. We're again, we're selling the experience. If it happens to be a good game, then that's just kind of a bonus. But uh, we can't control that. Do you
0: track out of towners who who come to games? Is there any way for you guys to know what the tourist experience is there?
1: To, to some degree, I mean, we you know we try and get some we try and get information as much as we can from people, but it's hard to get everybody, um, you know. And and I think there's just so many Red Sox fans throughout the country that for that reason we do have people stopping in from time to time. Uh, you know, certainly more so now than when we were with the uh, Colorado Rockies or Houston uh, Astros, but. You know, with those teams too, I mean, we had so many great players that came through here. And, you know, they're just not, those teams, at least at the time, were not on the same level nationally uh, with, with the Red Sox and, and certainly probably, you know, the Red Sox, Yankees and Cubs, there, there's nobody bigger than those three, but, uh, you know, we had a lot of great players with the Rockies and Astros and, and, you know, you just didn't see those guys play on TV, uh, as much. So it it was, it was hard for fans to relate as much, but, uh, you know, we've been fortunate here in Salem for sure. And and for that reason, we do have people stopping in from time to time. Right.
0: I remember listening to uh, Colin Coward on the uh, on the radio a couple of three years ago, maybe longer. And he was talking about merchandise sales for Major League Baseball. And he's his he had some statistic that said that half of all baseball merch was Yankees and Red Sox. And, the, and then everybody else made up the second half. Is, is that approximately accurate? Is there any truth to that?
1: I I had not heard that, but I would not be surprised. You know, I, what I will say is that, you, you know, just in working here in the whole, the, the environment that we have here at the ballpark uh, there's a lot of people that walk in here uh, with a Red Sox Jersey or a Red Sox hat or something like that on. And you very rarely saw that when we were with the Rockies or the Astros. Now, Yes, those teams are, you know, are, are not geographically close to here, but even, you know, even teams like the Orioles, um, you know, we see a little more nationals now than we than we used to. Um, but you just see you don't see a lot of it. You know, you you see I mean, just walking around town, you know, you see a lot of Red Sox, you see a lot of Yankees, you see some Cubs and I'm sure out on the West Coast, you see a lot of Dodgers. Um Outside of those four teams, yeah, it's it's few and far between, so that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm always I've I'm a lifelong Red Sox fan. Uh, have family in Western Massachusetts, and and grew up uh, idolizing Jim Rice and Fred Lynn. And uh, back in the day, I got to meet Fred Lynn at one of your events here a few years ago, and that was that was such a treat. I was surprised he's he's not that big a guy, and he used to hit home runs like crazy as well as batting for average. So he was, he was amazing. Um, But, but that was a long way of getting to my point of, of how uh, now I wear my Red Sox hat, but I look around and I see so many people who are Red Sox fans, you know, mowing their lawns or whatever. (laughs) And I'm like, we're in Virginia. How come you're not cheering for the Nats or for Baltimore or something like that?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. So what, what kind of team do you expect to have this year?
1: uh you know based on what i'm reading it looks like you know we we are going to be younger than what we've used to as as we've kind of already touched on but i think uh it it looks like our pitching is going to be pretty good this year we are going to have some uh you know a couple decent prospects so again some of those guys that um uh that 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 year a couple years from now we we should hopefully see in the big leagues um but all that's still kind of taking form right now that our our players are in spring training um spring training was changed up a little this year because of the pandemic and they if they the big league you know of course major league baseball has already started so they've already had their spring training and then triple a was part of that uh so double a and single a all moved into spring training after those two teams departed so uh normally they're they're all there at the same time but because of uh, of social distancing they wanted to spread those out so um our guys are down there now so all that's still kind of taking shape you know i i mean the R- red sox always have a pretty good idea who's going to be in salem with you know from one year to the next but there's also some guys that are probably, you know, still fighting to, to, to move up. And, you know, all that will start forming out here in the next couple of weeks.
0: Yeah. And we're speaking in the, the first week of April here in 2021 when we're talking with uh, Alan Lawrence, the GM of the Salem Red Sox. Uh, the governor is loosening restrictions all the time on capacity. Do you uh, anticipate being able to accommodate all the fans who want to come?
1: It, yeah uh, for the most part so right now we're at 30 percent which is about 1900 for us uh the 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 tough thing is is we, we do have to adhere to the six foot social distancing so right now we've got everybody seated in pods uh you know they are any pods of anywhere from one to eight people so where it becomes a challenge if, if he does loosen it up a little bit more and allows us to have 40 or 50 percent or, or even higher if we have to continue to adhere to the six foot distancing uh we're really about maxed out at 30 percent Now we're gonna we, we would get creative and try and find a few more spots but um when if you come to a game and you're sitting in a seat uh to to space you out six feet from everybody else we've essentially got a burns you know three seats on every side of you uh, so that's where that's where it becomes challenging so if we go down to three feet then uh, then I expect that we will uh, you know we'll be able to nearly double our, our capacity but right now uh, 30% is about where we're maxed out but we'll get creative that's kind of what we're known for in minor league baseball is getting creative and uh, we've never had to get creative with um, with this type of scenario before but it's uh, it's something that we will certainly tackle if we need to.
0: Yeah. Well, hopefully, if he if he goes up on the number of people, he'll he'll also go up on you know the 30% to to make that a little bit easier on you. Uh, and maybe by the time the season gets in full swing, enough people will be inoculated that we won't be worrying about it anymore.
1: I hope so. You know, I, I know that we're Major League Baseball is going to uh, require that we start the season at least with everybody wearing a mask. Uh, in the ballpark, um, it, you know well, it, it, you know, unless you're actively eating or drinking at your seat, then you don't, of course, don't have to wear a mask. But any other time, you you are going to be required to wear a mask. Um, quite honestly, it's not something that I'm looking forward to policing. But um, I also understand that if it's mandated, there there's going to be people that are coming out that expect uh, us to to be enforcing it. So I feel like that. Um, you know, I'd be doing a disservice to those people if we didn't uh, do our best to enforce it. So we're going to have a lot of signage. We're going to have people actively, um, you know, reminding people to wear their mask. I realize it's outdoors. It's, uh, it's, it's not, again, it's not something that, uh, that I love. It's, it's not our rule. It's a, it's a rule that's, uh, that, that we have to enforce. And uh, I guess that's, you know, that, that's where we are with it now. Hopefully that changes as we uh, get deeper into the season.
0: Well, I think people understand at this point, I, you know, hopefully they do. I'm I'm sure there's always that one guy that just doesn't want to play ball as it were, but I hope, I hope people understand. That's just what you have to do.
1: Yeah. I hope so. You know, I, I'm kind of, you know, I'm just reminding people that again, this, this beats the heck out of last year and, and, if if anybody last year had said, "Hey, all you have to do is wear a mask and we'll play baseball," people would have been lined up to do that, and uh, and hopefully that's still the mentality that people have this year. Yeah, for sure.
0: Um, so, uh, anything else you want to let anybody know about the Red Sox?
1: Uh, no, you know we we would we. I think this is going to be a special year. You know, we we've got sixty games. The weather should be good for for just about all of them uh we've completely avoided the salem fair uh with our games this year so 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 people the salem fair is great for this community and we love uh having the salem fair out here i don't love having the salem fair and baseball games at the same time (laughs) uh it's uh i i recognize the importance of the fair to our community but it becomes a huge challenge for people coming out and parking at our games so uh so we we've avoided that this year. Um, and, uh, and so as a result, all 60 games should be, uh, you know, pretty easy to get to and and, and park accordingly, but it's, it's going to be a fun year. You know, we've got, we're going to have some talent out here. We've got some different teams, uh, in our league, uh, that, that we'll see. We'll see. We'll still see the Lynchburg Hillcats quite a bit this year. And I think we'll really get an opportunity to see some good young talent, uh, this year. And, and again, the, the whole experience of coming out here to, to a baseball game, I think, um, you, you know, if people haven't tried it, they should try it once because again, we've got season ticket holders that don't like baseball. Um, you know, and, and that's the, that's the, that's the best thing I can say about the experience out here when people ask me to talk about it, that's what I tell them. And I say, you know, you take, because I get paid to tell you it's a great time. Uh but what I can say is, you know, again, if we've got season ticket holders that are coming out here every night and don't even like baseball, uh, you know, that, 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 that's my best, um, uh, you know, that, that's my best story there. Is, and and right. people can take that for what it's worth.
0: That's so funny that somebody would, I mean, and, and they must be pretty vocal about it if you know they don't like baseball.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah a couple of them passionately do not like baseball. Um, it, they like sports but they don't like baseball they, they think it's too slow and 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 baseball is doing some things to try and uh, you know counter that and yeah I think I think baseball recognizes that, that the younger audience uh does find baseball a little you know a little slow um you know it's uh but yeah they passionately don't like it uh but they love being here and they're here all the time and they they do root for our team it's not like they're not you know it's not like they're rooting against us they want to see us win but um it's just funny to me that they you know they're coming out here because it's affordable it's fun to be around people and uh and they enjoy they, they probably enjoy the hot dogs
0: yeah oh I just thought of something else I wanted to ask you I'm sure they enjoy the hot dogs um how can people listen to the Red Sox on the radio this year
1: yeah, so we're, we're going to stream our games this year. Uh, well, okay. One of the things because of, uh, because of COVID, one of the things that we had to change this year is, is our radio broadcast. We've traditionally been on the radio. Um, and it, one, you know, our, our budget tightened a little bit uh, So with, with COVID and, and not playing baseball for 20 consecutive months. Um, but secondly, it's just becoming harder now with COVID for the broadcaster to travel. Um, you, you know the, the the big league club doesn't want that person on the bus. It's it's harder to you know to even put them in the team hotel and have them engage with the players. So um, we're going to stream our games. Uh, Bill Roth uh, with the uh, the voice of the Hokies is actually helping us uh, a lot with that. So he's. Uh, uh he's actually coming in prior to the season and he's got some of his students he he's not announcing it but he runs he does a class at virginia tech and he's got some great students that that are that are looking forward to the opportunity to broadcast some of our games and stream those
0: yeah i know he's he's been working pretty hard with those students i taught at tech for a long time and uh had lunch with bill a few times and uh it's just it's cool what he's doing trying to build that that sports broadcasting over at Virginia Tech so that should be interesting
1: yes yeah he's he's good at what he does so it's nice of him to pass that knowledge along
0: yeah so you just uh you go to uh the website and there'll be a link there to to listen yep. to the you,
1: games yeah you can go to the website you can go to the minor league baseball app uh and and you'll be able to stream both of them from both places
0: cool well, Alan, have a great season this year. I hope uh, I hope that when the team fin- finally shuffles in the players uh, and figures out you know who's going to Salem that that you get a good roster and that you can that you can win a bunch of games and go to playoffs and championship and all of that. And good luck.
1: Thank you very much, Sean. I appreciate it. Enjoy enjoy being here with you.
0: So, thanks to Alan Lawrence, and I do have to share that I have I have family in Western Massachusetts. So, think Boston, uh, but well north and and west of Boston. Uh, that's the rural part of the state, up in the Berkshires. And I used to listen to the Boston Red Sox games on the radio in the kitchen with my grandmother whenever I'd visit my grandparents, and she was a devoted fan. Unfortunately, she never got to see the Red Sox win the World Series, and I can just remember her saying, those darn Red Sox, because they would always find a way to lose it in the bottom of the ninth. But I cut my teeth as a sports fan on all teams from Boston, and, and so these days I'm still a fan of the of the Boston Red Sox, and having a team here in Salem that's affiliated with the big team is a, is a real treat for me, and it's important to point out that Boston literally is one of the elite organizations in baseball you know maybe there's a handful of them the Yankees the Red Sox the Cubs uh maybe the Dodgers uh that really really do it right and and are are just the big teams that are that are always in the conversation even if they're not always competitive they're always in the conversation you know Yankees Red Sox will never not be a big deal even if if neither team is is having a particularly good season. But having the the team here uh, that's affiliated with a team in Boston that is literally done right Uh, All of that trickles down to Salem, so you really do see the quality here. And for a great night out, you really should consider an evening with the Salem Red Sox. A couple of other notes just about Virginia's Blue Ridge in general. I mentioned what the Metro Mountain mix is, that outdoor playground. So hiking, kayaking, fishing, fly fishing, you name it. Maybe you go do that, and the wife and kids, or vice versa, uh, goes into town and goes to the museums, and then you all go out to dinner at night. And maybe you want to play in the Roanoke River, which comes right through the region. USA Today just named it one of the top three urban rivers for kayaking in the United States. And the Roanoke River Greenway follows the river. It's very flat. It's very friendly. gets lots of use, but it's great for running, biking. I was biking on it last night, dog walking. And it rolls through a number of parks with playgrounds, picnic shelters. I could smell people grilling out last night. So, uh, you know, it's just really very, very friendly and, and easy to find and easy to use. Lots of parking so forth. And then just off the Blue Ridge Parkway, there's Explore Park. And they host Treetop Quest with zip lines and you know the aerial obstacle courses where you walk on the ropes courses and so forth. And there's a, a lot more going on there. Cabins, yurts, a growing network of mountain bike trails. Uh, Skills Park is in the plans for mountain biking. So, uh, so that's out there. And then we have museums, as I mentioned earlier, but. In particular, the famous O. Winston Link Museum, the Transportation Museum of Virginia. If you're a railroad buff, steam engines, you like that, you are going to find it there. The Tobin Museum of Art is a a huge attraction. People come from all over the United States to visit the Tobin Museum. And then we have a building downtown called Center in the Square, which is home to the Pinball Museum, where you pay a flat fee and play pinball all day. The Science Museum of Western Virginia, great place to take your kids, your teens, and your tweens for free. You can visit the aquariums and the atrium, and the roof of Center in the Square is also free. It's a green roof, and there's a koi pond on the roof, which is nice. Great place to take your lunch, maybe sit down and enjoy up there. And Virginia's Blue Ridge is also home to many, many brew pubs. There's uh, boutique shopping on the downtown market. A lot of outdoor shops. If you like, uh, you know, if you if you want to buy something for your hike or your biking adventure, your kayaking adventure, uh, we have several shops dedicated to that. And really, really nice, different restaurants that, that you can enjoy and just about anything you can imagine. Right down on the Roanoke Market in the summer, the Farmer's Market is open and that is also world famous. It's made a gazillion top 10 lists and you can shop from the, you know, buy produce or plants from the farmers and soaps and handcrafted items from the artisans and then uh, we also have a lot of sports tournaments here this is probably the number one re- reason that people come to our area and that's for softball volleyball soccer basketball tournaments And we have gyms and and fields and you know just really roll out the red carpet and we have hotels that support those family experiences at a cost-effective Uh, way where maybe you get the free breakfast and you can bring the whole team in and it it doesn't cost an arm and a leg and yet you still have nice, nice accommodations. So if you're looking for the ultimate guide to what's going on here in Virginia's Blue Ridge, just check out visitvbr.com. A lot more detail than I'm going into here. Blogs, maps for the cycling, hikes to waterfalls, the restaurants, the Cheers Trail, Uh, which will give you basically a guide of our local brew pubs or wineries and distilleries. And and there's a little bit of an incentive item there if you check in at enough of them. And we suggest you do that over multiple days, not all at once. And there's a nice prize if you uh, check in. And every place you check in, if you show the app, you'll get some sort of a promotion or discount. And of course, a, a complete list of places to stay, all the different hotels I mentioned. And then when you come here, we have a campaign called Be a Trail Setter. So post your pictures on your social media with the hashtag #Trailsetter. setter, hashtag trail setter. Thanks again to Alan Lawrence for joining me here today on the Visit VBR podcast. Whether you're a visitor or you live here, go and check out a first class ball game. And the season is back. We have found a way to overcome COVID, and we have survived it. The vaccines are rolling out, and I just expect things to get better and better. And But that'll be a first-class experience. So go have a craft beer and enjoy one of those many different varieties of, uh, of hot dogs that uh, Alan talked about. And we'll have another podcast coming out soon, and I hope to see you here in Virginia's Blue Ridge.